What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career. And in the meantime, joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet and the John cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. Wow. Episode number 31 of the John cast podcast is officially here. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that everyone uh, is coming along with this uh, podcast journey of mine. And just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by me and Julio upcoming sponsor in March and also brought to you by Ian's pizza in Madison. And Ian's and I are teaming up for another awesome giveaway. I'll have a bracket contest for March madness coming up. One lucky winner will take home a brand new television. So keep an eye on the uh, link to uh, join the bracket contest. I hope to have that out fairly soon. And and you want to get in early because you don't want to miss the deadline. You don't want all the games to start. And then you're the one that doesn't have the shot at the awesome TV. Plus, um, the John Cast Podcast, not only brought to you by Ian's Pizza, fine sponsor, but also brought to you by Scani T-shirts. That's right, Scani. Uh, we're having a five-week run in which we've collaborated and partnered up and made some fun sports T-shirts for the fans in this state of Wisconsin. And a week two's T-shirt release is all about reminding you to stay in the moment and be humble. It's a T-shirt with the quote by the Uh, MVP Giannis made in the NBA finals last year. The shirt reads when you focus on the past, that's your ego. And when I focus on the future, it's my pride. And I kind of like to focus in the moment in the present and that's humility. That's being humble. Now it comes in this dark green with that creamy tan font. You can check it out right now. Johncastpodcast.com. Or if you're watching on Spotify, it's right there. That's the quote t-shirt with that uh, creamy tan, like I said, uh, font. And it's that tri blend shirts that's that's very nice and soft it's not that stiff t-shirt you have so go pick up a t-shirt for you for a friend for a relative your neighbor or future kid your current kid a dog whatever just go pick one up at johncastpodcast.com they're $19.99 and that's what it looks like if you're watching on Spotify but my guest today covers the Green Bay Packers for the athletic and it's the first time I've ever met him good morning Matt Schneidman how are you I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Well, thank you uh, for for joining the podcast. It, it's nice to meet you, and I'm super excited to talk a little bit of offseason Packers stuff because I'm. It never gets old for Packers fans, but of course, we are actually recording this the day after the big game, the day after the Super Bowl, uh, in which was another you know competitive game for the NFL playoffs. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Rams taking home the Super Bowl? Matthew Stafford getting a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, I remember when the Packers beat the Rams in week 12 pretty handily. And I wrote after that game, you know, going all in comes in different shapes and sizes. And there were the Rams who made all these splashy trades and signings and getting Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. and Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford. And here were the Packers who filled their roster with Rasul Douglas and Devondre Campbell, Corey Bajorquez, Randall Cobb, these role players who aren't the big names and the Packers didn't really have to give up much to get any of them, but there they were beating the Rams pretty handily. It was only, I believe 36, 28, but uh, the game was more of a blowout than the final score indicated Uh, that aged so gracefully. And now the Rams are Super Bowl champions. Packers didn't even make the NFC title game. So congrats to the Rams. They earned it. Um, It wasn't like 
you know, in past years, let's say the Chiefs of two years ago when one team was just dominant the entire season, like you have to feel, I saw this on Twitter if you're a Packer fan, like Packers beat both those teams in the regular season. This wasn't like the last two years when the Packers lost in the playoffs to a team that throughout the course of the season was clearly and significantly better than them, like the 49ers two years ago and like the Buccaneers last year. So there's always going to be the what if of this season for the Packers. What if Aaron Rodgers found Alan Lazard on that deep crosser on, on fourth down? What if uh, they had got the punt blocked? A lot of what ifs, but uh, the Rams are Super Bowl champions. Packers are not. And that's where we are today. Yeah. And it was it was a fun game to watch as a fan, too. And you're right. That's it wasn't the type of season, like you said, where the team just dominated the entire year. I mean, they had a great start and Matthew Stafford. I, what I really thought was interesting is when McVay made that move to get Stafford, for me personally, I was totally wrong, by the way. I'm, I'm fine to admit that. I thought, okay, are you positive Matthew Stafford's going to be the guy? Like if you just compared the statistics, if you just went off numbers, and maybe that's why Sean McVay is a Super Bowl winning coach and and I and I, I'm not. But um, the point being is I, I didn't know how well the Rams could actually do with Matthew Stafford, how much of a, a level up they got. And man, did that prove to be <laughs> that proved to be a, a great move for them, plus all the other moves they made, you know, during the season to get Odell Beckham, Von Miller and things like that. But I thought the game was fun. I really honestly was all of America cheering for the Bengals because I was cheering for the Bengals. Were you rooting for anyone? I was rooting for the bets I made, but I, I had no, I had no rooting interest really for just team wise. It was just for my wallet. What were I had your Bengals bets? plus four? I had the Bengals plus four. So I won that. Okay. We lost by three. So. All right. So how, how'd you do overall in your, uh, and what you had on the game? I did. All right. Okay. Not, not bad. Uh, I won't get into specifics, but considering it's a super bowl, there's, there's a price to be entertained by the game. Yeah. And, I did fine. I'll just say that. Okay. Well, I'm a little concerned. Like I wanted to have this be a family fun family event. So my nine-year-old daughter who just turned nine this weekend. Happy birthday. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep her in the game. I'm going to give her, I don't know if you can see this, one of these sheets to fill out of like mm-hmm. what happens in the Super Bowl. And we filled out all these sheets, but then I realized, Matt, that this is essentially gambling. You know, these are all the prop bets. I basically just had her fill out a prop bet sheet. So I hope I'm not teaching her. I don't know the wrong things. Um, favorite commercial of of the evening for you was what? Did you have one? Mm. You know, I'm not gonna lie. As I've you know gotten older, I've stopped really caring about the commercials and stopped watching them so much. I like the bowling alley one. I don't really, I okay. don't even remember what it was about, but I know it had like Brooks Kepka and Serena Williams, Alex Morgan. Um, couple yeah. other famous athletes peyton manning that that was probably my favorite one i totally don't remember what the product was which maybe means the uh company didn't do a good enough job actually yeah. promoting their product but maybe it's just because i wasn't paying attention enough i don't remember either honestly but i know exactly what you're talking about but i don't remember what it was for i thought the one with bitcoin with the little qr code bouncing yeah. around like come on what's the interaction rate with that um yeah. I mean, a lot of people, uh, me included, went and put my phone right up to the uh, to the deal. I liked the one where the video game characters came to life in the NFL, mm. but that was it's toward the end. Must have been in the bathroom when that was happening. Yeah, you must. If you didn't care about the commercials, you must have <laughs> taken a, your own time out. Um, 
And I'll tell you one that I, okay. So the one I hated was Peacock has a new show called Joe versus Carol. Did you see that one? Mm -hmm. Tiger I King. So they're making a drama series about the Tiger King. Joe Bassett. That sounds like something I'm not going to watch. <laughs> I saw it and I said, that seems like the dumbest show ever. I didn't even like particularly like Lion or not Lion King. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Tiger, Tiger King. King. Tiger King. And then they got that Bel Air, that Fresh Prince remake, where they're making yeah. like a drama series out of it. Yeah. I, I used to be really invested in the commercials to to always be excited to watch the funniest ones. Now, not so much. I don't know why, yeah. but. Yeah. Well, they're not as fun. I don't know. It's, it's really hard because everybody's trying so hard. And when right. you try so hard to be funny, it's really hard to be funny. Yeah. I think. That probably has something to do with it. All right. But I did see that you said it was the best ever period. And I'm talking about halftime. So you were watching halftime. Mm -hmm. Thoughts yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I thought it was a great halftime show. I had a lot of people in my mentions lighting me up and saying Prince was the best. Oh, you, you don't respect Prince or Michael Jackson. Oh, I'm 26 years old. So it, those artists last night kind of were right in my wheelhouse. I thought it was really, really good entertaining songs i know i'm i'm too young to really appreciate prince and that's on me i guess yeah so, no i, I mean last i thought it was great yeah i thought it was i thought it was great um i mean that's right up my alley too with dre and snoop and eminem and all those guys the thing i the thing and this is not any fault of you know the performers at the halftime this year but they always have to go to uh like a medley of songs right mm -hmm. because they only have a certain amount of time and there's so many hits and they had so many artists, as you can see behind me. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm my background today. If you're watching on Spotify, I did is see that, yeah. The Super Bowl halftime performers here, um, but look, I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five. You only got a certain amount of time. I just don't like medleys. I don't like listening to a minute of "Lose Yourself" and then be like, "Oh, now I'm done with that song," or a minute of something from Dre and be like, "Now I'm done with that." So that's just me. That's a me thing, I think. But overall, you're right. I mean. Now get ready for the next, I think I read somewhere on Twitter, someone says, well, get ready for the next 10 years of country music artists at halftime yeah. because we, we got our Can't one top that. Yeah. But um, so there you go. The halftime, we both give that a thumbs up. So, um, but for you, uh, I mean, football is, is your life, right? Football is, is your job. That's what you, that's what you cover for the athletic. You cover the Green Bay Packers. Um, so tell me what made you want to get into sports journalism? Yeah, well, I was in high school. I, I started, you know, writing. We didn't have a, a school paper, so I wrote a little bit for the town paper. I was always interested in writing and interested in sports, and I was a decent athlete, but not really good enough to go D1 as an athlete, so I went D1 as a sports reporter. Um, I, I applied to a bunch of different places, but ultimately the the student newspaper at Syracuse really appealed. Um, so I ended up going there and, you know, I didn't have a strong, strong, strong interest for, you know, sports writing and beat writing in high school, but I soon came to gain one in college, covered everything from, you know, Syracuse women's ice hockey to Syracuse softball, track and field, cross country, uh, then men's lacrosse, women's lacrosse, men's soccer, and then men's basketball my last two years and, and was able to cover a final four in 2016 when Syracuse went as uh, as a 10 seed. And I was one of the beat writers for the student paper, the daily orange. So that's kind of how it, how it went through college. And then 
Um, I interned at the Buffalo New, I had a bunch of internships throughout college uh, during the summer, but uh, interned at the Buffalo News after I graduated and then got a job covering the Oakland Raiders for the Bay Area News Group, covered the Raiders in 2017, 2018, and then the last three years going on my fourth season covering the Packers here. Oh, wow. So where are you from originally? I'm from Connecticut. I was born in New York City, uh, lived there a couple of years, lived in Westchester County for a couple of years. And then since I believe 2001, my family has lived in Wilton, Connecticut, um, suburb of New York City, I guess, uh, in southwestern Connecticut, about a 45 minutes outside of the city. So I love everything New York City. It's my favorite place on earth. I'm a diehard New York Yankees fan. Um, oh. Have been since a young age. My grandparents uh, rest both their souls. Lived in an apartment building right behind the old Yankee Stadium and used to watch the games from their rooftop, so they didn't have to pay. And my dad's been a diehard Yankee fan his whole life. He he passed it on to me. I watch all the games. Um, so I'm not a bandwagon Yankee fan by any okay. means. I've been been a Yankee fan since the start. Man, you are, I'm talking to, I've never met a hardcore, hardcore Yankees fan, you know, being yeah. stuck in the upper Midwest, you, you come across a lot of Brewers, Twins fans and things of that nature, Cardinals and stuff like that, but the, an actual Yankee fan. So who, okay. So who had the apartment overlooking old Yankee stadium? Your, what did you say? My like, grandparents. Your, your grandparents. Did you, do you remember going, did you ever go there? And no, 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 no. It, it was well before even my well, dad was alive. It was when they were young and young and living together. Okay. Man, that's got to be something else to be able to to have to have that. All right. So were you, were you a big Derek Jeter guy then growing up? Yeah. 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 Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, even Alex Rodriguez, uh, Mark Teixeira. Now, obviously, Aaron Judge. And yeah. we haven't been to a – I say we. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I'm trained not to do that as a sports reporter, but with the Yankees, I say we. Um, <laughs> haven't been to a World Series in what now? 12 years? It's It's not good. So yeah. thirteen. That sounds like a typical Yankees fan. We haven't been to a World Series in twelve years. Well, there it's are not other good. I know. Like, well, then there's every Brewers fan listening to this is going, "Oh, sorry, you haven't been there in twelve years." You know, I've been mm -hmm. there since nineteen eighty two. Um, but no, I just I love it. No, I love it. No, don't get me wrong. Um, oh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about the Yankees. Dang it, I don't remember. Oh, would you ever want to? So you're writing for the Packers. I want to ask about this a little bit more in, in your time at Syracuse, but. I mean, come on, there's got to be a dream job there, right? I mean, would it be a Yankees beat writer? Would you switch sports or are you all into the NFL? No, I love covering the NFL, the the okay. schedule of it, the the pace of it. I have a, a tattoo of the Yankee logo with my grandma's initials next to it. So I don't think ethically I could cover the Yankees. And, and listen, I, I don't think it would be nice, but I don't think I would ever want to because I get too emotionally invested in the games that it would impact my writing and you know obviously as a reporter we want to be as objective as possible and i i try and do that to my best of best of my ability with the packers but um i, I want to i grew up a diehard new york giants fan as well but and, and i've become you know indifferent to them because i've been you know trained to be so objective covering the nfl uh and I want to be able to keep at least one part of my childhood sports fandom with the Yankees. And if I were to cover them, I would not be able to do that since I would have to be objective. So yeah. I don't want to ever cover the Yankees. I want to be able to remain a fan of them and cheer for them. So I don't 
lose that as a rooting interest as well. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So you went to Syracuse. I mean, that is a huge like for broadcasters. That is you go to Syracuse as a broadcaster and then you just get a job on ESPN. That's what it seems like every mm -hmm. time. So Syracuse is in the media business, man. That's a that's a that's an awesome school to, to be at. Was there ever a thought of was it always Syracuse because of because of the the success they've had in, in media and broadcasting and things like that? Well, yeah, I was down to Syracuse and NYU. There are two schools that I got into and I went to both of their accepted students days and um, NYU's sports. They didn't have a sports journalism program or really a student paper. It's like your opportunities would come working in sports marketing as an intern for MSG or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Syracuse has a, the best student newspaper in the country, um, not affiliated with the school, doesn't get any money from the school. Mm -hmm. And I was I would be able to cover actual college sports and and earn my stripes as a reporter. So that was really important to me. And, and I was set on NYU. I was going to go. But then my dad, who also went to Syracuse, not not for the same thing, but we took an accepted student stay there. Um, I loved it. Sold me on everything. Mark Cooper, who is now an editor at The Athletic, was the sports editor, I believe, of the Daily Orange at the time, a couple years older than me gave me my tour of Newhouse, uh, the the sports journalism school there, and and sold me on what I'd be able to do as a reporter at covering actual college sports since NYU does not really have them. Yeah. So uh, it, it was the best decision I've ever made going to Syracuse, and I loved it. Yeah, that's awesome. So with being a sports journalist, it seems nowadays there's a lot more responsibilities other than just writing uh, for your for your team, right? There's social media. I know you have a, a podcast with with Bill Huber, a good friend of of mine as well. So there's a lot more involved, I think, probably than it used to be. You know, 20, 30 years ago, it'd be like I'm just going to type out my story and and file it and things of that nature. Am I correct there, or am I missing something? Has has the sports journalism landscape and responsibilities kind of changed? I definitely think so. I mean, probably not since I've been in the landscape, right. but uh, like you said, there's a lot more podcasts. There's a lot more video stuff. I, I do TV as well. I do a good amount of radio during the season. And even now, since Aaron Rodgers is still in the news, but, um, you know, you're doing your live Q and A's, your live chats, your podcast. And it's not just, you know, you file a story on deadline for a newspaper and people only know you by your byline. Um, you got to create a brand for yourself essentially. And, you know, Twitter following is whatever, but, um, if you want people to read your work, you you got to be able to, especially at The Athletic, when you have to get people to pay for it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, people are paying for your work, but they're also paying because they value the opinion and the insight of the reporter. So um, building your brand is not the most important thing. It's covering the team objectively and providing good insight, analysis, breaking news, features, whatever. Um, but it's also important to do all those other things to show people that, you know, whatever they need, audio, visual, written, you, you can provide it. And to be a beat writer, you kind of have to be the whole package. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about some of the other things you do other than the athletic, where you can find your great work, uh, the head of the pack podcast. And that is the head of the pack with, with Bill Huber, right? How's that working with mm -hmm. Bill? And, and what are you guys talking about on the podcast? Anything that happens with the Packers, we talk about with, some sarcasm and humor, you know, that, that's what everyone needs nowadays. And 
maybe it rubs some people the wrong way and I apologize for that, but <laughs> anything Packers, we're going to try and get on some guests this off season. We, we have just been doing us too. Um, but once a week during the season, once every two weeks during the off season, um, Bill's been covering the team since 2008, I believe really good at what he does. I've been covering the team since 2019. I'd also like to think I'm decent at what I do. So listen, you can, I'm not talking down on any of these people, but you can get the national reports of anything Packers and those guys do a great job of breaking news. But if you want the, the nitty gritty people who know everything about the team who are there every single day, watching the team in every single press conference, pretty much know everything about every player for the diehard Packers fans, which I know there are a lot of you. Um, that's what you can come to our podcast for. And and we also like to take a lot of, a lot of reader questions from Twitter. So you can have your voice heard on the podcast too, as long as your question isn't too ridiculous. <laughs> That's awesome. That's very cool. So that once again is the podcast and go check out Matt and Bill on head of the pack, the podcast. I'm sure you can get that wherever you get your podcast, right? Yes. Yes. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about the team that you do cover and that is the green Bay Packers. And um, that means some Aaron Rodgers talk after he wins his fourth MVP of his career. He had the post award zoom show with, by the way, with that green screen, it looks so strange. I mean, I know this looks strange with Dre and everybody behind me. I don't know, just something. Mm -hmm. If you go watch it, well, actually we're going to, I'm going to play a little bit for you here, but he talked about kind of how he's easing into the off season. He's going to have plenty of time. He'll leave plenty of time to make a decision. And then he, there was one point right where he goes and that time oh, time's coming. Like he seemed like surprised, like. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I have to make a decision pretty soon. And that led me to believe that either he's been holding it off. You know what I mean? Like, oh, shoot, I guess I do have to get that done. Or um, he's been holding it off or he has tried to just like not think about it. I don't know. I could be wrong there. That's just me speculating 100%. Um, but he said, you know, it's going to be like how he feels physically, things like that. He said great conversations with with everyone. And then there was this part too. And I know you wrote about this. So I want to play a little bit about from Rogers. Let me see if I can do this. This is, this is me on the fly hitting buttons. <laughs> if you're watching on, uh, <laughs> on Spotify, just bear with us here. Um, here's Rogers on winning his fourth MVP. And then um, listen to this question and answer from Rogers. And uh, here we go. Let's hope this plays. And then kind of lean into uh understanding what it takes to to revamp and and feeling like what's the best uh you know the best place uh, the best decision for me uh moving forward not really place more more just what what does it feel like uh to uh you know to commit to a season and that's what i want to do and um you know I, the good thing is i still feel like my body uh you know is in a good place this offense with maddie you know i think is it's definitely allowed me to take less shots probably the last three years. Okay. So let me pause it right there real quick, because he had that quote, uh, Matt, where he talks about, um, lean into what it takes and what's the best place for me, not really place, but what does it feel like to commit to a season? And I know you kind of wrote about that too. What did you make from that specific answer with Rogers? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I should read into that, but it almost seemed like when he corrected himself there and said, not really place. That almost said to me, if, I, if I'm being really anal about this and, and dissecting it, is I'm not going to play anywhere else. Like when he first said, you know, he was weighing which place was right for him, that almost seems like which team do I want to play for? And then he corrected himself mm -hmm. and said, oh, well, it's not about what team I want to play for. It's about 
how comfortable I would be committing to another season. So that sentence right there, if we're mm-hmm. really reading between the lines, says Packers are retirement, which is kind of the general uh, takeaway I got from that. that later on, he, he said, um, kind of hinted that it's still possible he plays somewhere else, but I don't get that desire from Rodgers and he's impossible to read. So I could be completely wrong, but um, if I'm doing my best translation of what he said, he seems really, really happy with the Packers organization. Um, he said, Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, Mark Murphy, Matt LaFleur have made him feel really special um, to the past, present and future of the franchise. All the issues that made him stay away last off season have been rectified and he feels great with uh, where he and the front office stand right now. So I know I've predicted that he would get traded to the Broncos for the last several weeks. Uh, I'm not going to change that prediction just because I don't want to stray from, from what I said, but it really does seem that he'd come back to the Packers because I, I understand that he said he doesn't fear retirement. He got a little taste of what that would be like being away last offseason. He's not worried about that, but um, worried about the uncertainty of it from walking away but he still has so much left. He said that he doesn't want to be kind of a lame duck when he, when he retires, like, like he didn't say this, but like a Ben Roethlisberger, someone who's clearly declined skill wise and Rogers obviously has not. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm not one to tell him what he should do because maybe he just feels like um, he doesn't want to play anymore and that's his decision. But I would find it hard to believe that he, does not get brought back by that competitive urge to, to keep playing. And he still can play. He knows that he's shown that these last two years. So I would be surprised if he does retire. I'd be surprised if he plays anywhere else. So my, my hunch says he'll be back in green Bay. Yeah. I I think you're right uh, about being back in green Bay. And he really did sound, I watched it last night. He really did sound like he knows he is still elite and it would be kind of strange, although he did at one point, like like you said, not fear. He says he doesn't fear retirement, so it's kind of like, oh, I mean, I think I know what he's talking about. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think overall, though, he does. He's hinted that he knows he's still elite. He knows he can still produce. So, I really think he's going to be coming back. I don't think retirement's a a, a thing that's going to happen, um, or at least a smaller percentage chance of of what is going to happen. But you said you think he's going to be back with the Packers. How did they do that financially? How is that team going to look? if they bring back Aaron Rodgers, what would all the the numbers look like? Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I, I wrote a story a couple of weeks ago with Michael Janitti, who's the founder of the salary yeah. cap site, spot track, really good salary cap guy. And we kind of laid out well he did and laid out the entire plan math wise for how the Packers could afford extending Rogers, um, extending Devonte Adams. Rogers would be, I believe two years, 92 million fully guaranteed. Adams would be five years, 125 million. Devondre Campbell would be three years, 18 million. And then you'd have to cut guys like Mason Crosby, Billy Turner, Zadarius Smith, um, Randall Cobb, because he has a six point, you'd save 6.8 million in salary cap by cutting him. You could re-sign him on a more team-friendly deal, which is what I think they should and will do. Um, Then you'd have to restructure guys like Preston Smith, Adrian, not Adrian Amos, Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, Aaron Jones, have a decision to make on David Bakhtiari. I'd be surprised if he's not back or maybe restructure it again, restructure, you know, could restructure some other guys, but uh, you're going to have to let a lot of free agents walk. You might have to let Robert Tunyon walk. You 
We'll probably have to let Rasul Douglas walk. You're going to have to choose Rasul Douglas or Devontre Campbell pretty much to, to re-sign. And I would choose Campbell 100 times out of 100 after the season he just had. So it's possible they could definitely get under the cap. Um, what would that look like in future years when they have right. all these big numbers on Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams contracts? Who knows? Um, they'll also, they can also free up uh, a good chunk of cap space by extending Jair Alexander this offseason, which I would expect to happen mm-hmm. um should jair want to wait until next offseason possibly because uh, he's in line to make about four years 64 million which would put him as the fifth highest paid cornerback in the league at at 16 million a year uh, but that's coming off a season in which he only played five games and and didn't do nearly as much as he did when he was healthy in 2020 as a second team all pro so he might want to wait until he officially hits the open market after next season to try and get more money, but it's possible to hammer out something this offseason. Elton Jenkins, that extension is probably going to come after next season because as uh, as my friend Michael Giannitti says in the story, Elton Jenkins could make left tackle money, um, and if he waits until next offseason, who knows? They could cut Bakhtiari and, or trade him. And, and move Elton Jenkins to left tackle, in which case he'd make a lot more money as a free agent. Wow. Should stay so, with the Packers. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think Elton Jenkins should want to wait till next offseason. It's going to be really interesting to see how this whole thing plays out, how the roster shapes if if they decide to go with Rodgers. You know, Rodgers also said this. Uh, let me bring this back up. Um, said this. I think you mentioned this as you were talking about it, but I thought this was an interesting exchange, too. When he talked about feeling special, let's take a listen real quick. <clears throat> Um, oh, hold on. I got started over. Oh gosh. Now it went to something else. Okay. Hold on. I don't know what I did here, Matt. What, what's going on? Hold on. Let's bring us back up. Let's bring us back up. Uh, let me try. There we go. Myself. This is live podcasting, I guess is another (laughs) way to look at it. Here we go. And I'm just thankful for the response. Uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, things that were done to make me feel really special and, and important uh, to the present, the past, and the future of the franchise. And I got to say that, you know, Russ and Brian especially had a big hand in that, and it didn't go unnoticed. All right. So that what I thought was a really interesting um really interesting soundbite, Matt, because um, he goes on and he says that it meant so much. It made him feel special and important. And it sounded to me like a guy who seems kind of at ease with his place within the history of the franchise. And he knows perhaps that, you know, he's helping future players in, in their relationship with the team because, you know, he made such an impact. They made such an impact on him. He feels like maybe he left something for the players because he's always been a player's guy. You know what I mean? And he always says it's about the people. Maybe in the in the future, at least for the Green Bay Packers organization, at least with Brian Gutekunst, that future players will feel less like transactions perhaps and more like people because he's always talking about it. It's the people. Am I reading way too much into that? Or what What else did you feel from that from that moment with him? Probably, but that's what we do. We read way too much into what he <laughs> says because – he never comes out and, you know, says exactly what he's going to do. So we have to read into it. Yeah. Um. I, I don't I don't know. But uh, I just think 
it speaks to where he's at with the front office right now. And that's the biggest thing in all this. Like Aaron Rodgers doesn't play for the Green Bay Packers next season or ever again. Um, it won't be because of the front office when that right. would have been the reason last offseason if he didn't play for them this past season. So, um, yeah, I just think it speaks to how much Brian Gutekunst did to smooth over that relationship throughout the season. Rodgers said they had good conversations. Um, he, he came to Rogers Gutekunst, that is, with, you know, personnel questions. That's what Rogers wanted. It. At that opening press conference of training camp, he said that he wanted to be more directly involved in the decisions that affect his job. And he listed off a whole list of guys who he felt were, you know, mismanaged or cut or treated poorly at the end of their tenure with the Packers. Jordy Nelson, uh, Randall Cobb, Charles Woodson, Brian Balaga, but like, now it seems, and that start, and it started with the Randall Cobb trade. Um, the Packers are valuing Aaron Rodgers' input more, and and they seem to be doing everything they can to keep him. Uh, and we'll see if that means he comes back. If he doesn't, I think really it's just his decision, mm. and and nothing to do with with what the franchise and front office has done. Yeah. Well, it should be great, and we can, we will have, which I really appreciate, and I think Rodgers learned this from Favre, um, to do the opposite of what Favre did, basically. We will have right. a timely decision. He, he doesn't yeah. want something that happened in 2008 because he saw how awful that was. So I, I do really appreciate, like I think Packers fans should appreciate that at least he's he's giving the team a good timetable, or at least that's what it sounds like, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Matt. Thank you so much for talking a little bit about the Super Bowl. You got to get back into the commercials, man. You got to get back into those commercials. They're not always the ones, but some of them are creative. They're creative. I'll say this. You know, the one I hated was the Joe versus Carol show for Peacock. Last year, you know what I hated? I hated the Oatly commercial. Now, you're not going to remember what this was because you don't watch the commercials, but it was some CEO of Oatly singing a horrible, crappy song that he made up himself for mm -hmm. like 30 seconds. You're like, they spent $3 million or whatever it was on that crap. Right. And guess what's in my morning coffee now? It's Oatly. Oh, so there you go. Somewhere along the line, they got you. They got me, even though I hated the commercial. So um, they got you. They got me. Hey, um, let's keep in touch. And uh, everybody go check out uh, the podcast with Bill Huber and also check out his work at The Athletic. He's Matt Diamond. He covers the Green Bay Packers. Thank you. Appreciate you for having me. All right. There you go. Thank you. Uh, once again, that is Matt Schneidman. And yeah, that was fun. Those Syracuse guys, so many people go to Syracuse. It's, it's, it is a powerhouse for sports journalism and for broadcasting. All right. A reminder, once again, brought to you by Ian's pizza, check out Ian's pizza, three locations in Madison, also in Milwaukee, Seattle, and Denver, and keep an eye out. I will be posting a link where you can sign up to join our bracket contest. And Ian's pizza is giving away a big screen TV in March through this podcast. So keep on listening, watching if you're watching on Spotify. Plus me and Julio starts uh, in March. We're going to do some fun things with me and Julio, best place for margaritas and some great food there. Um, that is located in Fitchburg. And then also um, Scotty T-shirts, second of five T-shirts released today. Check it out at johncastpodcast.com. Only 20 bucks. It's the quote from Giannis during the NBA finals talking about being humble. It is Awesome shirt, very soft, tri-blend cotton. It's the best. Um, you go check it out, johncastpodcast.com, and help support the podcast and go get a cool T-shirt as well. All right, I think I've covered everything. I'll have another podcast coming out later this week. And until then, goodbye. <laughs>